Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. And we are back for another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider back on schedule. Taping on a Sunday night. This was the plan as we did the show late last week. We knew that today, well, Sunday was supposed to be the day that news was going to break about the rest of the offensive staff. As my colleagues can attest, this is something that we've been sitting on for a while. Sharon Moore to offensive line coach and uh, in a bit of a twist, co-offensive coordinator. And then the hiring of Ron Bellamy, Wes Bloomfield, head coach, former Michigan Wolverine, wide receiver, and now Michigan assistant, Michigan wide receivers coach, joining me to talk about the impact of all of that. How things they sort of do a forecast for the recruiting fortunes for this newly formed staff. My Not just my colleagues, but my friends, my guys, my boys. No one is better in this game. Then the crew over at the MichiganInsider.com, starting off, of course, with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Always a good day when the Green Bay Packers lose. So, <laughs> Bye, um, man, right? Off to a great, uh, <laughs> nice little Sunday afternoon football game to watch there. So I'm good right now. Uh, I'm right there with you. Hate the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I always say their colors are like, who models themselves after like Bile or Flim? That's what I think of <laughs> when I think of the Green Bay Packers. Anyway. Bryce Marich also with us. Bryce, how you doing? Doing good. Tom Brainier, Tampa Bay is going to head to the Super Bowl, so I'm excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, crazy that we're talking about Tom Brady, 43 years old. I think it's pretty clear who the uh, who the main cog in that New England Patriots wheel was. Not to say that Bill Belichick wasn't a big one, but Tom Brady was a bigger one, in my opinion. But let's talk about Michigan here and now. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, completing his staff is going to be announced. It hasn't been formally announced, but we've, this is information that we've been on for a long time when, you know, there are a lot of names being, being thrown around some ridiculously. So we knew that these were two guys that were going to be joining this staff. Began talking about Ron Bellamy shortly after uh, we started talking about Mike Hart because the rumblings were strong. And I know that, you know, this is a conversation that Jim had engaged in, a while ago, I was like, hey, Ron, would you be interested in coaching college ball? And Ron was like, hell yeah, man. I mean, I want to I coach college ball, coach. Absolutely. And the timing, the timing is right as, you know, you had to make some moves. And, Steve, this is where we can, we can really pick it up. Because, look, coming off of last season, say the question about the extension and then the extension being signed, it would have been very easy – to play it safe, to stay status quo, to to not make any, you know, huge titanic moves when it comes to the the composition of your of your coaching staff from an age perspective, from a diversity perspective, and Jim Harbaugh did not play it safe. Uh, you know, I think that this is this this kind of move. It is different than when he was in the pros, but it sort of reminds me of the coach that would sit Alex Smith down, a guy who had, 
you know, been a proven playoff performer, the point that he was sat down and going with a with a Colin Kaepernick because he felt like the ceiling was higher with him. That's the mind, that's the mode that I'm put in when I see these moves that Jim Harbaugh made, Steve. I'm curious what your impressions are. Well, I mean, based on just the types of moves from a personnel standpoint with the coaching staff, the biggest thing to me is it seems like he took a step back and and decided there needs to be some kind of change in the culture mm-hmm. of the program, maybe in the locker room or or, where, or however, right? I mean, that that to me is kind of the overarching theme of all this, that and the recruiting angle of it, which of course that's what we're here to, to talk about overall, but it, it really is, even if you're not a recruiting guy, I think you have to look at these moves as recruiting aimed, at least in part, right? So those are the two biggest things I kind of look at with all of these moves to some extent. Uh, he's always kind of been an outside of the box guy with some hires, you know, you see a guy like Mike McDonald sort of come out of nowhere, but then you, th- you read about it, you hear more about it. It, it makes sense. It, it seems like a chance worth taking at defensive coordinator. The other thing too, though, Harbaugh, yeah, not afraid to kind of make the big change, you know, to go a, a different direction. Uh, I feel like that he's been pretty consistent with that throughout his tenure at Michigan, really a guy to me, these are moves designed to, you know, that he's showing he'll do whatever it takes to try to, get this going. Cause like you said, I mean, there are a few, in a few instances, I think, I think fans, people would have expected the status quo at a few uh, positions and with some of the changes that were made. Uh, but obviously, you know, he took a step back, feels like there was an overhaul that was necessary at this point. And uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. I mean, the Ron Bellamy hires a great one for a multitude of reasons and, and really kind of encompasses the change it looks like, or feels like he wants to make at Michigan. Yeah. I think that, there was a quote he made in the John Jansen podcast, and it was something along the lines, I won't make decisions out of fear for my job. Uh, and again, this this to me, playing it safe, making decisions out of fear would have been sticking with, you know, sticking with the status quo in some places because maybe you had more seasoned coaches. Maybe they were older in the game. Maybe – uh, maybe they were more experienced at a position. Uh, but if you feel like you have the opportunity to move beyond that, you know, the perception of it or the hiccups that might come along the way, you look past those and you feel like you can get to that, you can get to that ceiling. And that to me, though, is more of a on the field thing. Like I we can sit here, I, I don't have, I know we we're in the bis, in the business of crystal balls making predictions right. I, I don't know how quickly things are going to mesh on the field defensively. I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just saying I don't know how quickly that's going to come together because you got defensive philosophies coming from different places. You know, you got Mike McDonald coming from the Ravens. You got Mo Lingus coming from the, you know, from the Cowboys. You got pro coming to college. You got some guys on staff mixing with the new Waiting to see how that comes together. And then, you know, Sharon, who I think has a ton of potential. I think Sharon is – I think Sharon's going to kill the game. I absolutely do. Now, he, that's my opinion. I don't know how quickly that's going to happen. You know, is it is it instantaneous? I don't know that. What I can say I feel like I know right now is on the recruiting side, Bryce. I feel like right now I can say this will be a better recruiting staff immediately they will they will get Michigan in on more big time players and they will land more big time players as a result of these moves again on the field 
is a wait and see. Now, I'm not can't make any, you know, timeline predictions there. Recruiting timeline prediction, Bryce. I'm I'm laying it down right now. We're gonna see the difference with these guys immediately. I you know I think when you look at like you said first off on the field that's wait to be seen with that. But in recruiting, I mean. Linguist wasn't even officially hired or announced and he's already extending offers left and right, you know, down in Texas and, uh, you know, everywhere. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, these guys are not they're, They understand the game. They understand to get to that top level, top of the mountain, you have to recruit and you have to recruit at a high level. You have to go after the best. And, you know, it's one thing to recruit guys where you're familiar with, like he has in Texas, but he also reoffered Jaden Gould was a top guy from Michigan early on uh, back in March of 2019 when he first took a visit and got the offer. And with his recruitment, which is unique, is he's lost his primary recruiters twice. And even after that, after talking to him, he's like, listen, I'm still really liking Michigan. I still really like what Coach Linquist has been talking about to me. And he's like, at this point, they're making me a priority and they're showing so much love to the point where it hasn't dropped off. It kind of seems like it's picked up. And like you said, with Sharon Moore, I mean, he's, we just reported that on Saturday and he's already talked to a top 24, seven offense alignment tonight. So he's getting right to the, you know, right to the job. So I think once you see these guys start to get to work and start to really dig their teeth down in some of these areas like Florida, like Texas, like Louisiana, and of course, Michigan, I think you're going to see an increase in product in terms of, kind of the results you see um, when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, Steve, I we, you talked to last week, and it's a, it's a bit of a selfish thing for us. I mean, but we like to cover exciting recruitments, right? You know, the, the ones that have some intrigue and some mystery. Because, I mean, that's a good thing for Michigan, too, though, because that means you're in on, you know, more big-time guys, guys that, from a talent perspective, are, are more contested recruitments because their talent level is is so high. And I think we're going to see Michigan do more of that by virtue of a guy like Sharon because we've watched him, Steve. I mean, the transition from Central Michigan where he recruited well for that level, really well for that level. You know, it went up and became the recruiting coordinator, very quickly came over here to Michigan and established himself not just as the top recruiter, arguably the top recruiter on the staff, but we made this point last week. Sharon Moore has established himself as one of the top recruiters in this country and if you translate that into the offensive line where I don't know that in in the last five six years have there been you know more there there have been some heartbreaking losses at other positions uh, from Michigan's perspective but I it just feels like the offensive line that there have been more of them there than any other place yeah so I mean what Sharon Moore got a five-star safety from Oklahoma a four-star corner from California I mean he was put. He was a guy that came in was a lot like what Chris Partridge was. You're not just recruiting a position. You're not just recruiting an area. We're going to throw you in all of our big races because you're such a good, does such a good job of connecting with kids and the families and and just putting in the effort too. You know, because he's he's a guy. I mean, I don't know how many updates we've written over the last 18 months of him grinding on uh, again, not just top tight end targets, guys all over the board. AJ Henning, he was in the JJ McCarthy recruitment early on as well. Um, doing the same thing with Tyler Morris and Caleb Brown uh, this cycle. So, yeah, I mean, the list goes on, really. We could probably keep going there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, absolutely. You know, and the other thing, too, about Sharon, I wonder – I don't know if people 
he's an offensive lineman. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't think people really, I don't know if people really have, have, I haven't seen anybody mention that or anything. It was like, oh, they're moving him to offensive line coach. He's an offensive lineman by trade. I mean, that's his position. So, you know, from that aspect too, with, without the recruiting, I mean, it's a guy that's played the position at the college level, you know, so it's um, not as if they're just moving the tight ends coach over to offensive line coach. I mean, the guy understands how to play the offensive line and, and he's, I mean, he's been coaching for how long now. So, uh, you know, great, great move in, in both respects. And like you said, will it be overnight? I mean, that's something we'll have to see, but I'm with you as far as full confidence that this was the right move for Michigan and Harbaugh to make, uh, not just because I think Moore can be a really good position coach, but I mean, he's a guy that's going to be coveted by a lot of other programs. I think it's really big for Michigan to kind of give him a bump. Well, they, I mean, they gave him the co-OC too. So he did get a pretty nice bump in title, uh, you know, but to try to hang on to him for the long term. Yeah. I, I said, as the coaching search, assistant coaching search process got underway, said, I, you know, I really hope that recruiting is at the forefront of considerations with coaching, not in place of coaching. It's like, you know, people, they, they interpret you in extremes. Uh, and when you say, hey, they need to get more recruiters out there, I'm not saying they need to get only recruiters. But if you're if you're matching up, you know, coaching resume and recruiting resumes, you can't have the, the deficit in one be so pronounced that, you know, that it's a it's a liability for you to have on your staff that you have to cover up for that with other guys on your staff. And I just felt like they had to do that with recruiting before, and I don't feel like they have to do that now. They have rounded this staff out or rounded it off with guys that either have proven recruiting prowess or it's easy to project their recruiting prowess or or their personalities translating to recruiting prowess in college. And that's where I am with Ron Bellamy, Bryce. I mean, make, you know, full disclosure – been my guy for a long time. I've known Ron be going back to college, going back to before he became a high school coach, uh, and watching him grow West Bloomfield into a power program in this state. And I think that the the characteristics of a great high school coach, and Chris Partridge told me this, uh, Steve, and I don't know if, if you had this conversation. He said, you know, I feel like in some respects, a high school coach coming to college is more prepared to to make the transition as a recruiter than maybe a lot of college coaches that might be maybe it's an analyst coming up or you know a guy who's getting a bump in title that you know a high school coach having to relate to so many players across the board parents across the board and I'm talking about like a top high school coach like like Partridge was or like Ron Bellamy is when those guys who have a track record for building those relationships, nurturing and cultivating talent, producing college players, when you drop them in a college setting, and it's many times the case that those guys can really make a, a quick transition as recruiters. And I think we're going to see Ron Bellamy do that in much the same way we saw Chris Partridge do it, Bryce. Yeah, so on the surface, I mean, just initially when you know we first found out about the hire, I just thought in my head, this is a home run hire in terms of what he brings on and off the field. You know, obviously I think with recruiting, first thing, what do you look at is you think, okay, he's from West Bloomfield, Dylan Tatum, Amir Herring. You just start naming off the names on that roster thinking, okay, Michigan has a good shot. Obviously, you know, with Donovan Edwards, that didn't hurt, especially 
having him in the corner. Um, but he also has ties to other places, especially like Louisiana, where he's from. You know, a lot of people don't understand that. And so obviously he can recruit in-state. And I think some of those, I don't want to say ripples or tears, but some of the fractions they might have in Southeast, you know, or Metro Detroit with some of those programs, he can kind of bring that together and make it that, you know, open line of communication to where it's not such a big deal anymore. And so I think in terms of recruiting, I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to connect with all the kids. And I think he's going to put it Michigan and recruitments that maybe they normally wouldn't be in. And I think he's the type of recruiter that he's not a guy that's just going to take, no, he's going to take it to the bell. He's going to recruit some of these guys all the way. And he understands, like you said, Sam, how the recruiting process goes. I mean, he went through it with Donovan Edwards, Lance Dixon, you name after name. So he understands what these kids are going through on a day-to-day basis. Plus he understands changing the culture. Something you saw him do at West Bloomfield because that program was not the greatest program when he first took it over. And at the end of the day, he's leaving as a champion. So overall, fantastic hire. And it's a home run hire to me. Hey, Bryce, I mean, uh, Steve, I'm, I'm curious if, if you follow along with the sort of partridge reference, because that was something that he 100%. said that always always stuck with me. Hundred percent. Well, he went through it with Jabril and Rashawn, right? You learn just as a high school coach, you have Urban Meyer, Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban. You have all these coaches coming through your high school constantly. You relate with you. You know, he was a guy who was really. I mean, even Donald Stewart. I mean, there were tons of kids recruited out of Paramus, and similar to kind of how Bryce finished, where you you just learn how to c- recruit and learn how to connect. Um, well, and, and to be honest with you too, school of choice, high school level and stuff, you're mm-hmm. almost kind of a recruiter a little bit at the high school level to an extent, you know, nowadays, um, you know, to try to get kids to come to your program or whatever. I know we've seen that um, in this state and in other states as well, you know, in, in trying to uh, get guys to come to your program. So, uh, you know, I think in that regard, no, it's, I think there's a lot of parallels there uh, because they have, they've, they've seen these, these guys be recruited by the best of the best constantly. Um, and guys that also there's, yeah, but and you guys, there's an art to how this is done in the recruiting deal. Right. I mean, and one thing about Ron that we learned very early, you guys know was never, and Chris was the same way. Never a guy that like was pushing his players to Michigan he, with Bellamy going to Michigan, never a guy that was pushing his players there, uh, you know, not steering his guys at all. And I think that in a way is like kind of how, you they just know how to build like what you would call like a real connection with a kid when they're recruiting them. It's not um, a con, you know it's contrived like BS type stuff, you know. And that I think for Ron especially that's indicative in the way he handled the recruitments of his top players because you know it's like Michigan really could have used Lance Dixon in the 2019 class, right? But and you think with a Michigan alum on staff, well, hey, what what the heck? But was a guy that was always in his kid's corner, you know, and not a guy saying, hey, you know what, you know, really at the end of the day, he should be at Michigan. It was never his style. You know, I think that's – and it's weird. It's like that's a thing that will help Michigan on the recruiting trail because those bonds and those those uh, connections are real. So, you know, yeah, it's I agree. A lot, of sim- a lot of parallels between he and Partridge. And the other thing, a little known, I don't think it's known at all, you know, the amount of respect that Ron Bellamy – commands in southeast michigan it, it, it's so great that when you know when the the i think the word you used bryce was freight when there was maybe a, some relationship impasses for for michigan and 
in certain schools or certain coaches where maybe the maybe the communication had broken down or Michigan hadn't gotten a player here or there that you know the, just the relationships because the turnover and coaches I've explained this before turnover and coaches have been so frequent in Michigan that that where you had some established relationships before when new coaches come in you know you you might have the connections to the program totally disappear for some of these high school coaches so that can get to a point where you got some guys just feeling like they don't have a real connection with the school. And Ron Bellamy was one of the guys that from a high school coaching perspective would help bridge that gap. Say, Hey guys, I, you know, I know that maybe we don't know as many people as we used to, but this is a line of communication that we need to keep open for the kids or we need to make the effort to open up for the kids. Say, I mean, you might have some kids that want to go to Michigan you know, this is a this is an avenue that we need. This is a, a an effort that we maybe need to facilitate a little bit more. Now, granted, hey, look, Michigan had to do some of that lifting too, but there had to be some receptiveness on the other side. And I think Ron Bellamy was was a key in bridging that gap as much as possible. With him coming on staff, I don't think there's any question. I get questions all the time about Belleville. Right. Uh, because, you know, Michigan has has been there's been a cavernous gap between Michigan and Belleville in recent years. I think that Ron Bellamy immediately comes in the door and because he and Jermaine Crowell are not just they weren't just rivals, they're friends. I mean, they talk about players and philosophy. And I mean, these are two guys that really, really, really respect one another. And so. If there's an impasse there, which there was, Ron Bellamy comes in, coming in the door allows you to walk into Belleville High School and have a greater chance at kids than you had before. People have been asking me that incessantly since Ron, since word of Ron, the possibility of Ron Bellamy came up. Well, okay, Michigan, are they going to have a shot at Belleville now? Yes. Ron Bellamy gives you a better shot in Belleville House. It's not like they had no shot before. It was depressed. But it wasn't a zero shot, right? Ryan Bellamy helps you with that right away. And, Steve, to your point, when you look in Southeast Michigan, I mean, <laughs> look, you got to put Ryan Bellamy in Michigan, right? You got, I mean, well, at least in the Southeast portion. And this is where I think Michigan, with this new staff, has a great – they have some versatility because guess who else has connections in Southeast Michigan? Mike Hart, along with Sharon Moore. So you don't – I mean, obviously, this to me is it has to be Ron Bellamy's territory, but you can drop other guys in while also the outstate. So Grand Rapids, Flint, Saginaw, Traverse City. I mean, you could have Ron Bellamy focusing on Southeast Michigan and have your other in state guys, you know, maybe target guys here and there in Southeast Michigan and hit the outstate portion and cover the state in a, in a fashion from a relationship standpoint that we haven't seen in a while, Steve. I just. I think there's a lot of opportunity here. So the, the work that Sharon Moore and Josh Gaddis have done in state in the last 12 months is going to be such a benefit now that you have guys who are can be forces within the state. Because now all of a sudden you went 18 months ago from having almost no presence in state to having four coaches on staff who could really make a difference with any given in-state recruit, right? I mean, that's a 180 from where things were not that long ago, pretty much since Tyrone Wheatley left, right? I mean, you know, there was that gap of time there where things just like the plan just seemed to uh, almost be non-existent as far as the in-state situation went. So, yeah, you bring Ron in, obviously, I mean, there's, it would be, 
unfathomable for him to not be the main guy in Southeast Michigan, right? right. I can't imagine that they're going to not try to take as much advantage of that as they possibly can. Uh, but again, you said Mike Hart's had experience there. And like I said, Sharon Moore really did a pretty good job uh, being thrown into the mix there. And again, talk going back to Sharon Moore and the work that he's done just as a recruiter, period. Uh, you know, and Josh Gaddis as well, you know, did some work as well as, as when they, I think they kind of split it for a while uh, when, when they were sort of revamping their situation. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of real possibilities. And like you said, you know, Michigan State, new coaching staff, feel like they're working pretty hard. Uh, give Michigan State credit. We're hearing a little bit more about them and stay as you will with a new head coach and a new staff. Um, but, you know, it's, man, Michigan's really sort of set it up to get a lot of guys in state. You know, I'm never going to say something like that. They're going to sweep or all kids in state or Michigan lock because that's not going to be the case. But this is by far the best their staff has looked from an in-state recruiting standpoint since Harbaugh's been there. I mean, not even close. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm right there with you, Stephen. And, and so then the question becomes, just from an in-state perspective, who are they helped the most with, for instance, by the addition of Ron Bellamy? And I know some people are going to say, because he's going to say Dylan Tatum, and we'll, we'll get to that shortly. That's not who I'm going to say. Who I went with was Will Johnson. Uh, Will Johnson, who... With the addition of Mo Linguist, I think the Wolverines improved their chances. Jordan Lewis vouching for him was a big deal as we went over in the last podcast. But also, in talking to Will's dad, Dion, former Wolverine, played at Detroit King, uh, in talking to him about the possibility of Ron Bellamy, he called that a game changer. Because he said even with the addition of Mo Linguist, who, uh, again, a lot of respect for his pro pedigree, what he did as a as a college assistant, and Jordan Lewis vouching for him, which we went over last week, is absolutely huge in this game. He, there's still a getting-to-know-you process with Mo Linguist. To have a coach that he already has a, an established relationship with on staff that serves as what hopefully will be the area recruiter is, he dad said, he called it a game-changer. So I, I think it's another thing that helps Michigan in its Will Johnson pursuit. And I think you laid it out, Steve. I mean, it's you laid it out last week. You said, you know, looking, giving Michigan every shot to impress him, right? Giving Michigan every shot to say, that's where I should be. That's where I need to go. You know, this is this is another opportunity, at least in this instance with Ron Bellamy, where I think they're taking advantage of him saying, do something to show me that's where I need to go. Well, so yeah, linguist check, right? I mean, that went well. Now you got Ron Bellamy on staff. And like the other thing last week was, like I said, Domani committing the USC, almost, you know, to me almost, I don't know. It just, it just feels like, like I said, going to give Michigan every opportunity to try to, to make them want like to, to, for him to want them to be the choice. And then this is another move, which that was really the big question. I think we had had off the record, right. Heading into this was how was Will Johnson going to react to if could Bellamy have a, a, a big a big say or have any pull with this and uh, I mean it sounds like obviously a game changer not really a phrase you throw around lightly I would say right, right. especially right. when it comes to recruiting so uh yeah if you're a Michigan fan I think Michigan given the circumstances of the last eight weeks nine weeks and really even going back to the season in this recruitment they've really done about everything they could possibly do you know you talk about Jim calling him and, and talking to him before or uh about the contract and, and everything like that I mean from Michigan's standpoint, they've really done as much as they possibly could to not only make him feel like a top priority, but 
not saying they've made moves to appease him, but they've made a, a style of moves. I think that maybe they knew would or, or possibly would. So uh, yeah, no, great. Like if that's not an indicator right up front that, that Bellamy has a chance to be a great recruiter. Uh, I don't know what does, you know, cause Will Johnson could go anywhere in the country. Even I, I know he's a Michigan legacy, but you know, for Bellamy to be the game changing choice here is, is indicative. I think of his, ceiling or his potential as a recruiter at Michigan. Yeah, I talked to Damani's dad, Randy, and, you know, it's funny. Sometimes you got to pay attention to what they don't say. And I said, that, you know, obviously this was Damani was going to commit to SC. And I said, so let's say official visits open up. Uh, you know, is is this a done deal? Is he not going to take any officials? And he, he laughed. He said, well, first, let's just see if officials open up. Right. He did say he didn't say no. And again, we talked about this last week. It's I, look, there's a lot of time between now and signing day, and if Michigan can get Will Johnson in the fold, uh, then I think the chances of getting Damani Jackson on an official visit, assuming that they come open, increase exponentially. I you know I would predict that they would get him on campus for an official visit. Uh, if we, I think they'll get him if if official visits open up, I think they'll get him on campus for a visit anyway. I think the odds are in in that favor in favor of that, but I, I think they would it would be a near lock if Will Johnson, uh, you know, eventually committed to Michigan. Time will tell on that. But what I want to do is pause here. When we come back on the other side, Bryce. I want to pick up with you, talking about maybe some in-state guys that could rise up, could emerge as targets, new targets or stronger targets moving forward with the new staff coming in. Uh, with a new defensive philosophy, too. That's another thing we have to point to. You know, Michigan's target board is going to look different defensively now. We'll touch on that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So, Bryce, before we went to the break, talking about in-state guys that might rise up, that might become stronger targets on the board, uh, whether it's a result of how they played during the season or seven-on-seven or maybe some new fresh eyes coming in on the coaching staff. You have any guys in mind, a guy or guys in mind that could rise up, in your opinion, and maybe become stronger targets for Michigan in-state? Off the top of my head, I think one that kind of intrigues me is Antonio Gates Jr. He's uh, the son of Antonio Gates, who's a Hall of Famer, Pro Bowler, how many times in the NFL with the Chargers. Um, he's a kid that's from Dearborn Forts, and and he, he 
the thing with him, what intrigues me is he could be a tight end, he could be a wide out, but whatever he is, he's good at it. And he's been down in Florida at the seven on seven pylon tournament. And from some of the clips I've seen, he's been killing it with Dante Moore, who's not a D you know, he's a pretty good quarterback throwing, but he's making a lot of impressive catches. So right now he doesn't have an offer from Michigan. I know one thing he has expressed to me several times is Michigan's a squad I would love to go to, you know, he knows the track um, track history of, in terms of athletes they sent to the league, in terms of some of the guys in state they've, you know, put in the league from his area. So that's an intriguing guy. And the other one is Mike Hart. So when we talked about Mike Hart and the impact he could possibly have, one of the guys he really connected with while he was at Indiana was Tayshaun Trent mm-hmm. from East Point, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And he's another intriguing prospect because he already does have an offer from Michigan, but he's more of a, I want to say more an athlete. I know, I don't know what Steve, you had him, listed under kind of what you've been hearing on that he's a he was a quote a team take so whatever that means but team take yeah yep so that's a pretty good indication of a guy they would take regardless of position i would say right right yeah because you you get it with tayshawn i I get where you're coming from because he is such an imposing figure at wide receiver six four two five right so you can you can see you can really see uh, especially in a wide receiver room that doesn't have many big guys, right? You can certainly see the appeal of, you know, having a guy who's just going to be able to out muscle and out jump a lot of defensive backs. So I think there's, I think there's some intrigue there, but I think the other intriguing piece is, I mean, you could see some OJ Howard in this guy. If you could get him to warm up to the idea of being a flex tight end type, I don't know if, if that's something that would turn him off, but the, the possibility, whether it's a, a big box you out receiver or a, you know, a field stretching, seam busting tight end, I mean, there's just a lot of potential there for for him to really rise up. I agree with you to really rise up as a as a target. But I really like what you you know, your point about uh, Antonio Gates Jr. His clips down the pylon are outstanding. And you got to believe that we aren't the only – and that's not going to just be a Michigan thing, right? This is the the problem with an abbreviated season and not being able to see guys as much game cancellations and that kind of thing. Coaches not being able to get out to games. It's just a lot harder to get evals like that. So when, when footage shows up where a guy is really standing out, you could really quantify his growth as a – not just an athlete but as a playmaker – I think it's it's head turning, and Antonio Gates Jr. is had some head turning moments, and I agree with you. I think that he's a guy that if you're Michigan, you gotta look harder at, <laughs> see what the possibilities are. You know, I throw the tape back on. Let's let's eval where does he fit. Let's. I, I think that's gonna. I think they gotta look at it, Bryce. If we saw it, you know they saw it for sure. And I think the third guy would kind of put in that category if they should take a harder look at and one that Sam I think you really liked is Christian Stokes Love him. from Harper Woods Love he's him. six foot 180 and he's a I think we have him I listed as a corner but I think he's a guy that you could again play at so many positions and he could excel in those he's physically gifted he's chiseled the kid is I mean a workout warrior when we saw him down at Columbus he yeah. just looked impressive from his 40 time to his testing numbers from just every drill he did he just seemed to be on top of his group and so he's a kid that I think you've got to go back look at the junior film 
see what he did. And then at that point, reevaluate, say, is this a kid we should pursue? I know he's got Penn State, he's got Iowa, so he's got some pretty good offers there. And he's another kid I think if Michigan took a harder look at, they might throw their hat in the mix for him as well. Yeah, I've, I've, it's no secret. I've liked Christian Stokes for, for over a year now, thinking that he's going to be a guy that outplays his ranking because I, I think that college coaches started to evaluate him more as a defensive back. I, initially, he was more of a running back recruit. And he could play run. I think he could play running back at the power five level. I, think I do his, too. I think his ceiling. I think his ceiling is higher at safety. Uh, he's a guy that at six foot, about one nine, one ninety, two hundred. I think he has good hips. He's a safety that I think is going to be able to cover. Um, you know, be able to you know put him on a slot. I think he'll be able to cover a lot of ground. He will not be afraid to stick his nose in there. He's not going to run you four three four four. But again, he's going to be fast enough to cover a lot of ground. His hips are fluid enough to to be in man-to-man coverage. And I just like his mentality. I think he's a ball player. I think you need guys with that with that mental edge on your defense just as much as you do guys with a physical edge. Now, question for Michigan will be, you know, I mean, they've recruited the safety position really, really well. So how many safeties are they going to take, number one? And then number two, I mean, could he play corner? I mean, that – that to me might be something that would affect the outlook for a a Christian Stokes as far as a Michigan is concerned because you you know they got to hit corner hard and that's where a guy like Dylan Tatum comes in. What does the new staff, Stephen? This is this is going to be something to monitor here in the in the coming weeks, right? What it'll help us in assessing what they're looking for defensively is how do they view Dylan Tatum? Dylan Tatum was very clearly a, a nickel, a nickel in the last defense, right? A nickel or safety uh, in the last defense. Uh, you know, I in this de- maybe even in some instances, you know, a, a a viper type, which he which he did at West Bloomfield. There is no, as far as I can tell, there's no viper in this defense. Uh, you know, or even a viper type. Like, what is that role? What is that role in the base three four? I, I just. You know, he it, that the Vipers might be more of a package type guy in this new defense. So when one of the things that I'm gonna be looking at is guys that maybe fit that mold of a Viper slash safety type. Uh, you know, where do they fit in the equation for a Mike McDonald, um, you know, Mike McDonald mo linguist defense? Uh, and in the case of Dylan Tatum, what I think it might mean is just like I said with. Just like I just said with Christian Stokes, do they view Dylan Tatum as a corner or do they view him as a safety? If they view him as a safety, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that goes because they've, like I said, they've recruited the safety position well. You know, does, does what they have at the safety position really fit, you know, what they do and how they're going to play? And if they look at him as a corner, then that's going to ask, answer a lot of questions too. Because I, I actually think Dylan Tatum can be a corner, uh, and I think if the eval, if their eval shows that, I think that you'll see things intensify there rather quickly. But I think you talked to him, Steve or Bryce, and you said he hadn't talked to the new staff yet, right? Yeah. So last time I talked with him, which was I want to say less than a week ago, he um he had talked to Zordich, was his last person he had talked with. But going to the point you were talking about, when I saw him in person against Belva, which is one of the top teams in the state. He made a great interception. I mean, just coming over the top, he's playing safety. But afterwards, I also talked to him. He said, listen, 
I'll play wherever you put me, corner, safety, and whatever. And like Steve said, I think he's the type of kid you just almost dub as a program take at that point. And he might be that. He might be that, especially with Ron coming on. And we will we will hear we will be able to sort of detail that in the days and, and weeks to come. I think that's one of the ones we might find out a little more rapidly about. But one of the more intriguing names, Steve, and I think you and Bryce both covered this, is this I'm I'm throwing it to Steve because Steve is the one of us who can pronounce names. <laughs> right? Thank oh, goodness. Right? Yeah. Right, Steve? Thank Steve goodness. He can pronounce names. So so a twenty twenty one defensive lineman, an athletic defensive lineman, a raw kid, committed to Colorado, but suddenly Michigan dropped an offer on him, and it sounds like there's some traction there. So I'm I'm wondering if you can direct the listeners to who we're talking about. Drum roll. <laughs> from the state of Texas. You got all oh, you guys are talking about uh Ike Chuck Wu Iwana. That guy. That guy. Yeah, him. The Colorado the Colorado commitment. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Ike Chuck Wu Iwana. Ike Chuck Wu Iwana. Okay, I could have done it five times too. Um watch this film actually after Bryce's report. And you know, it's one of those things where I think some people on our board think that we're we're partly there to pump up anybody they offer to make them seem like they're better than what they are to try to defend a late offer. But he is not an 84. Uh, That's his composite rating right now. He looks much better than an 84 rating to me. Um, And like Bryce, I saw your report. It doesn't talk much, not a big talker. Michigan always seems to get those kind of kids too, for whatever reason, guys that don't like to do interviews and stuff. Um, but a late offer at defensive tackle to me, I mean, I'm guessing here, but at least feels like it's a kid that would be listening to other schools. I don't feel like they'd be wasting their time this late in the game unless they thought there was some kind of opportunity there. Right. right. Kid out of Garland, Texas. Got to think there's linguist, some connection there. Just assuming at this point, if it's a kid from Texas. Yeah. Um, linguist and Brian John Marie, you got to feel like those guys We'll be able to tell you, is are we ice skating uphill or do we have a real chance here because they have deep ties in the Lone Star State? Yep. So, yeah, I thought uh, initial thought was film looked a lot better than an 84 in the composite. I don't know what that, you know, what does it mean with Benny or and or Rooks? You know, I don't think we'll ever know what George Rooks is thinking. Um, you know, it obviously may be indicative of not getting one of them. I, I, and I'm, I'm speculating a little bit there, but you know, to, to throw it off for this late in the game, a, the kid must be good. Cause they're not going to just, I, I know Bryce has reported. I've heard the same thing. They're not just going to take a guy at defensive tackle just to take a guy, just because Twitter wants them to take a defense, you know, another defensive tackle or a true defensive tackle and B he must be reciprocating uh, right. some of the interest for them to, to make a move at this point. Right. You need to, you definitely need to bolster the numbers, the size, the athleticism up front. Uh, and this would fit all those bills. Is he raw? Sure. Sure, he's raw. But you're in a position at Michigan where you just need to get bigger and more athletic. And so you you take him and you coach him up. Uh, what does it mean? What does this mean for, for Rooks? I mean, Rooks is a mystery. He's an enigma. Uh, that that Sean Nua is re-signed with seemingly help there. It really feels like um, dad especially likes Sean a lot. That's the impression that I get. Uh, so we'll see if there's some some traction there, but that's just been all over the board. With Rayshon Benny, you know, look, there was some communication there, Bryce. You know that. There was some communication there uh, after the early signing period where 
you know, it wasn't just, uh, you know, Michigan putting feelers out. There was some serious conversation going on. Now, um, you know, will that reciprocity continue now that Nua is in the fold and now that Ron Bellamy is here? Because another little known fact, you know, Ron, uh, Ron and, and Rayshon have a little bit of a connection. I know he was helping them with his recruitment there a little bit, just offering him advice. And and because, and you know, as you know, Ron has had plenty of kids go through the recruiting process. Right. So just offering him uh, advice and suggestions where he could. And uh, that is a connection that Ron brings with him to Michigan. Now, will it you know, will it factor into uh, his recruitment now? I don't know. Uh, you know, I know Alan said Alan True who you guys know from uh, 24-7 Sports. He's on the board quite a bit. He had been in contact with the coaches at Oak, at Oak Park recently, and they were feeling like things were pretty, uh, you know, things had been locked back, closer to being locked back down for Michigan State. So we'll see. You know, now Ron's in the fold. Let's see if it has an effect. Sean Nua is resigned. Let's see if it has an effect. But you can't put all your eggs in, that, in those baskets to your point, Steve. Uh, and they have a, a guy committed to Colorado – in Colorado, not typically getting much traction in Texas. You would think uh, Michigan's Texas recruiters would really know if if there is a, a a a crack there, and clearly there is because Michigan is going hard here, leading up to the uh, to the late signing period. Want to close things out talking a little bit about uh, transfers, the transfer portal, and possibilities there. And we talked about Henry To'o To'o last week. Thank you very much. Steve Lorenz for getting us the pronunciation. We talked about him last week and we didn't really get into some of the hurdles that, or not some of the hurdle for any school looking to recruit Henry To'o To'o or any of those guys that hit the portal in the immediate aftermath of the coaching staff being let go at Tennessee. And that's question as to whether or not they are under scrutiny for NCAA violations, which is what led to the, you know, the unexpected demise of Jeremy Pruitt and several staff members, not, and not just coaching staff, but support staff too, Steve. That's the thing that was striking to me is that they didn't just broom the head coach and some, they broom support staff too, recruiting staff. And they were all over the board brooming people. So you, you gotta know that it's going to be more than just, will his credits transfer? Will his grades transfer? It's also for every school going to be necessary to vet, hey, how involved, if at all, was he in anything that the NCAA is looking at? Uh, and that is going to be one of the things that I think schools have to do with Henry Toe Toe. Yeah, you wonder if the other schools that are going after him are doing the same vetting. You know, like, right. I was when you say hurdles, I can just hear the groan and the people listening to the thing thinking, oh, here we go again uh, with Michigan actually. Uh, doing due diligence on this type of stuff, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it couldn't have been good at Tennessee if they're, if they're just completely cleaning, if they're, you know, guys that uh, probably their diehard fans have never even heard of uh, are getting fired, um, you know, into the, into the sun. So yeah, toe toe is worth the, worth the pursuit and worth the, the opportunity though, to at least find out if it's a possibility. I mean, you're talking about a all American caliber linebacker. I mean, he was a freshman all American uh, with us on 24 seven sports and believe there's like some kind of family deal there, possibly why Michigan might be involved. There might be a connection there with, and, and I'm assuming Sean Nua is involved as well. Um, last I heard his future destination completely up in the air right now. Nobody knows uh, 
Alabama reportedly trying to get involved or is involved. Uh, Want to say Georgia and there's somebody else that was oh USC right the the, yeah, the West Coast home. hometown yeah. type deal. So um, you know, but so last I heard, and uh, I know Tim Watts, our Alabama site's done a really good job on this one. Said completely up in the air right now, total mystery. So will be interesting to see, but like I said, worth absolutely worth the pursuit or at least. Uh, pursuing to see if you can pursue him yeah. uh, type deal by Michigan, right? So, hey, man, look, any excuse to, to talk to Tim Watts on the phone is a good one. <laughs> oh, <boy>. Tim, yeah. <laughs> Tim Watts, is, yeah, he's one of the best in the game, man. Love yeah. Tim Watts. It'll be interesting, but I, I raised that, you know, it's an important discussion to have because I, I, you know, I referenced before, and this is my fault, so it's important to bring this back up. I, I called the transfer portal at least the transfer portal now with immediate eligibility i call it free agency so basically you'll be able to go pluck whoever you want from the portal uh, i mean it, it's not going to be such a slam dunk for for michigan i don't think every guy you see in the portal uh that you feel like would be an athletic fit that you feel like would help is going to be a guy that they can get so henry toe toe is a perfect example of of that, of there being a hurdle to clear. I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to see Michigan is notorious for credits, not transfer. How many credits did Shea Patterson lose in the transfer? He didn't, he lose like 18 credits in the transfer. So if you're over a semester's worth, I want to say, right. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a, a guy that is earlier in your college career, that might be more cumbersome. You know, for instance, if all your credits won't transfer, there are a lot of considerations because I've been hearing rumblings about a lot of guys. I mean, that guy would be an awesome, awesome, awesome fit. You know, one guy that comes immediately to mind is one of Ron Bellamy's former players. Uh, you know, that was a big-time guy coming out of high school that went to another Big Ten school. been a lot of rumblings about him uh, entering the transfer portal, and we'll, and we'll see. But the thing that you got to look at in all of these cases, you know, things that might seem like slam dunks is – you know, waiting to see how, you know, how that's going to work from Michigan's perspective when it comes to it's not just a, a scheme fit or even a grade fit. But, you know, these guys are going to be like, hey, so I can go to a certain school and all my credits will transfer. And then I go to Michigan and like half my credits will transfer. That's going to be something that I think we have to look at as well as we assess viability for Michigan targets in the portal. I just with Michigan. I mean, not, you know, like I said, I mean, Michigan does their due diligence uh, across the board in all of these situations, right? I mean, that's why we've not seen many transfers to begin with uh, for them. So we know that they're tr- the coaching staff is trying to put together the best roster they possibly can. It's just a matter of all of the uh, other stuff regarding the University of Michigan, you know, and as far as whether or not some of these changes can really take place, you know? So I think that's the one thing that we can always stress is when you're talking about the portal, don't doubt that Michigan is right. Turning over a lot of rocks and trying to, trying to find guys that they can bring in that can make an impact. I mean, and by and large, when they have done it, it's worked out. I mean, Mike Dana's literally right. playing right now in the AFC championship game for the, for the chiefs. So, um, you know, so it, there's, it's not for a lack of trying, you know, it's just, I just, it's different with Michigan than it is with other programs. I mean, it's just a fact, you know, and so something that people have to keep in mind, uh, if they're not landing a certain guy, a lot of times it's not a, uh, Hey, they didn't try hard enough or Jim Harbaugh didn't want this guy or they're, you know, they're not working hard enough recruiting these transfer portal guys. 
there's a lot of other stuff going on, you know, that the coaching staff has no control over. So uh, always something to kind of keep in mind when, when we're posting reports about kids that Michigan's looking at in the, in the portal of uh, guys that are interested, you know, vice versa or whatever. So yeah, yeah it's a little more complicated than, um, than maybe people think sometimes. Yep. So keep that in mind as you, as you go portal shopping, right. You, you know, you guys maybe do the virtual GM things like, Hey, we can make this trade. We can make that trade uh, the NFL level. Well, when you go portal shopping, uh, just know that there are some other considerations that you got to take into account uh, when you say, hey, well, Michigan can just go grab that guy. We'll see. I mean, you got to believe Michigan is looking at a bunch of different guys and a bunch of different guys are looking at Michigan. And then you get to it and you say, OK, you, these other things, you know, do I fit in the scheme? That's like the you probably answer that question first. And then it's OK. Wait a minute. Are all my credits going to transfer? <laughs> right. Because right? I'm, I'm sorry, man. Somebody told me half your credits don't track. Man, shoot, that that would be a tough sell. That'd be a tough sell in a lot of in a lot of respects. But it happens. Like I said, Shea Patterson, he transferred to Michigan, and I believe the number. And I'll hear from Sean Patterson, his dad, if I get this wrong. But I believe it was like eighteen credits he lost, maybe more. At least eighteen credits he lost in the transfer. So, you know, it happens. Bryce, any parting shots, my man? You know what? They know they have foes to fill. They're working on them, and it's going to be interesting. They got, I want to say, what, a week or a week and a half left for this late signing period, and so we'll see if they can pluck or flip any guys. And on top of that, you know, with the transfer portal, you have to also understand there's a ton of names. It's So if you see one guy leave, it's not like, all you know, it's all over. We're not going to get another defensive tackle. That was the guy. No, you're going to see probably five more pop up when one comes off. So at that point, you just got to take your time, find the right fit, figure out if whatever needs to be done to get him there, figure out if that can happen. And if so, make a move. And so Michigan's in that process right now. Absolutely. Great stuff as always, guys. I think this recruiting cycle is going to be really, really fun from a target perspective where Michigan is going to be out and about targeting some, some top guys. Now the question is with this new staff, Will they be able to get on the road in the spring? And that is so up in the air. I mean, Michigan just canceled uh, activities for the entire athletic department for a couple of weeks. It tells you how trying these times are that we're in. So maybe the case that, you know, all, all of college athletics can't get back on the road till the summer. I know some coaches I spoke to think that's the case. Either way, we'll be here to cover it for you. And we'll be back next week on another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.